Today on The Wisdom Journey, the prophet Isaiah reminds us that beyond the struggles, threats, and injustices of this world is the promise of peace and justice under the sovereign Lord in his kingdom. So, you need not fear anything. Rather, you can take courage as you look in faith to the fulfillment of God's promises. Stephen challenges you to seek the Lord and his righteousness rather than trusting in wealth and power. Well, in our wisdom journey today, we're going to pick up a big gust of wind. We're going to sail through Isaiah chapters 32 all the way to 39. Isaiah has been building a case against the nation of Judah for pursuing an alliance with Egypt rather than trusting in the Lord. Uh, For Judah... Uh, trusting in Egypt would, would be kind of like your child getting scared and running next door to ask the neighbors for protection. Not only does your child not trust you, but what do you think this says to your neighbor? Well, I just imagine what the Egyptian uh, people must have been thinking about the God of Israel when the people did this. Well, Isaiah, he, he's stepping forward now, and he's going to warn Judah of their disobedience. He's going to warn them of their, their lack of faith. Uh, but woven into the warnings from Isaiah, you have these these gracious promises of God's love and mercy. So as, as chapter 32 opens, we're prophetically taken into the kingdom age, uh, the future kingdom age of the Messiah. Isaiah writes these encouraging words here in verse 1, Behold, a king will reign in righteousness, and princes will rule in justice. Well, we know this king happens to be King Jesus, the Messiah, who's returning. Isaiah doesn't know his name yet. Well, now, at this point, Isaiah begins to write poetically to describe that that future reign of the Lord. And the prophet describes the Lord's government in his coming kingdom here in verse 2. It will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry place like the shade of a great rock in a weary land. (laughs) There's not a government on earth that can match this wonderful description. Well, now with that, Isaiah begins to address these rebellious men and their wives who are benefiting from all the luxuries provided by their spiritually rebellious husbands. I mean, they they might have two chariots in the garage and, and somebody to cut their lawn, But Isaiah has a stern warning for them here in verse 9. You women who are at ease, hear my voice. You complacent daughters, give ear to my speech. In a little more than a year, you will shudder. Well, this is a reference to coming judgment from God. These aristocratic women in Jerusalem, along with their husbands, are soon going to have to give up not only their luxuries, but their necessities. And here in chapter 33, we have a prophecy that's now connected uh, to events we've already covered in our wisdom journey back in 2 Kings. Judah's king Hezekiah had given Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, treasure right out of the temple to keep him from attacking Jerusalem. Sennacherib, of course, takes this this, uh, money, these treasures, but then he, well, he decides to come against Jerusalem anyway. 
So Isaiah delivers a prophecy here in chapter 33 that spells out the doom of Assyria. He writes these words of judgment here in verse 1. Ah, you destroyer, when you have ceased to destroy, you will be destroyed. And when you have finished betraying, well, they will betray you. Now, with that, verse 2 informs us that there are some people in Judah who are trusting the Lord. They are remaining faithful to the Lord. They are waiting for him. In fact, they say to the Lord here in verse 2, Oh, oh Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our arm every morning, our salvation in the time of trouble. Well, that's a wonderful prayer of faith, isn't it? And that's, a, that's a worthy example for us. In fact, you might be praying that same prayer today. Lord, I'm waiting on you. I need your arm of strength this morning, but I'm trusting you in, in your good time to get me out of trouble. See, here's little Jerusalem. There's not much strength in their arms. They've got thousands upon thousands of Assyrian troops that have surrounded their little city. And, and then when all seems lost, it appears, well, it's too late for even God to do something. What do we read here in verse 10, but this wonderful event? Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. You know what the Lord's saying? The Lord is saying your waiting is just about over. And we've already learned back in Isaiah 27, as well as more details that were given to us back in 2 Kings 19, of what happened. When when the people of Jerusalem woke up the next day here, 185,000 enemy soldiers had been killed by the angel of the Lord the night before. There's no explanation. There's no visible sign of of that angel. Just nearly 200,000 Assyrian soldiers didn't wake up the next morning. Their lives were taken in judgment. And, And here in Isaiah chapter 34 now, Isaiah, he turns on the fire and brimstone as he begins to warn these nations of the coming wrath of God. They oppose the covenant people of God. They're in trouble. Isaiah writes here in verse 2, For the Lord is enraged against all the nations and furious against all their host. He has devoted them to destruction, has given them over for slaughter. In fact, he speaks specifically here of the nation of Edom in verse 13. Thorns shall grow over its strongholds, nettles and thistles in its fortresses. It shall be the haunt of jackals and abode for ostriches. And wild animals shall meet with hyenas. That doesn't sound like a neighborhood I want to live in or buy a house in. Well, he's warning these enemy nations. This is what's going to happen to you. Now, following this description of judgment, Isaiah chapter 35 swings back to hope and blessing. In fact, it opens up by talking about a new creation being glad and rejoicing. Why? Well, verse 2 tells us, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Verse 5 adds, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing. For joy. Down in verse 10, we read, Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Well, obviously, none of this has happened yet. We still live in a world with plenty of deaf people and lame people and blind people and plenty of sorrow and sighing. Well, during the ministry of Jesus, 
he proved that he has the power to establish this kind of kingdom where no one is blind or lame or deaf. And beloved, one day he will. But with that now, we're here in chapter 36. In chapter 36 through chapter 39, Isaiah records events from King Hezekiah's reign. In fact, these chapters are are nearly identical to 2 Kings chapters 18 through 20. We've already covered that in our wisdom journey, so we're not going to take time to repeat all of it. But I do want to point out one verse here in chapter 37. King Hezekiah receives a, a threatening letter from King Sennacherib, that Assyrian enemy king. And the letter basically tells Hezekiah that he doesn't have a prayer. He doesn't stand a chance against his massive army. Well, I love verse 14. Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. As if to say, Lord, you got to see this letter. I'm going to spread it out for you. I'm going to unroll the scroll, which it would have been. Lord, I, I want you to read this letter. I can't handle this impossible situation on my own. My back's against the wall. Lord, I need you. You just look at it here. I, I need you to give me courage and wisdom in how to move forward. Maybe there's something in your life right now that you need to spread out before the Lord. You need to say the same thing, Lord, I can't handle this on my own. I want you to take a look at the desperate situation I'm in. I need courage and wisdom for today. And then I want to encourage you, beloved, to pray uh, this prayer with Hezekiah. He says it here in verse 16 to the Lord. O Lord of hosts, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear to me, O Lord, and hear. Well, God heard Hezekiah, and God hears you as well. He will rise up, he will exalt himself at just the right time. And along the way, he will give you courage. He will give you promised wisdom that you need for one day, today, one day at a time. Well, we need to stop here because we're out of time. Until our next wisdom journey, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Today's lesson is called Timeless Reminders of God's Faithfulness. This is The Wisdom Journey. Stephen Davey is taking you through the entire Bible with a new lesson each weekday. I'm Scott Wiley, and I hope you'll be along with us for the entire journey through the Bible. Install the Wisdom International app to your phone or tablet to have easy access to all of our content. Then join us next time on The Wisdom Journey.